Hello, I'm Maria Titizian. And I'm Rubina Margosian, and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of May 6. In the news, opposition protests demanding the resignation of Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan continue. Special envoys for Armenian-Turkish rapprochement meet for the third time in Vienna. And Foreign Minister Arat Mirzoyan is in the United States on an official visit. Throughout this week, rallies and acts of civil disobedience have been taking place in Yerevan, organized by the parliamentary opposition factions Armenia and I Have Honor Alliances. The protests called themselves the resistance movements, demanding Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan's resignation to prevent any situation under which Artsakh might fall under the control of Azerbaijan. For the fifth day uh, in a row now, protesters in Yerevan and several towns in the regions have been blocking streets and roads. These actions culminate each day in Yerevan with a rally in France Square. There were instances of excessive police force against protesters and journalists, especially during the first days of the protest. And for some background, a large rally was organized in Yerevan's France Square on May 1, after which the protesters pitched the tents in France Square and promised to keep applying pressure until Pashinyan resigned. Since then, all entrances to the square have been blocked. This is the cross-section between uh, Mashtots, uh, Sayat Nova and uh, Bagramian on the, on the other side. And on May 2, the first day of civil disobedience acts, over 200 people were detained. The number of detained persons decreased during the following days, and today, at the time of recording, there have been uh, 48 people who have been detained. On May 4, the National Security Service and the police announced that they had information that the protesters were planning to storm the National Assembly building during a Q&A session between the government and uh, the members of Parliament. Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan was also going to be present during that uh, Q&A session. Stun grenades were placed around the Parliament building earlier that morning as a precaution. And that day, organizers had called their supporters together in France Square at 3.30 p.m. Following a speech by Ishkhan Sagatelian of the Armenian Revolutionary Federation, protesters started marching towards Parliament and gathered in front of the building when the Q&A session was taking place. Several Parliament members from the opposition were present at the beginning of the session. Army Alliance member Armen Rustamian announced that the opposition MPs have uh, been delegated by the people gathered in France Square to present the public's demand for Pashinyan's resignation in Parliament. Rustamian accused Pashinyan uh, of the defeat uh, in the 2020 Artsakh war, of not being able to repatriate the POWs, as he had promised, of confessing that he would have stopped the war but did not, and for preparing to agree to a solution in in which Artsakh will uh, come under Azerbaijan's control and of not fulfilling his promises regarding the economic development of the country, announcing that because of these failures, Pashinyan should resign. Well, in response, Pashinyan stated that Ser Sarkisyan himself had, had announced in 2018 that the negotiation process had reached a dead end and that a war was inevitable. He also stated that the war could have been stopped if Armenia had agreed to a status for Artsakh under Azerbaijani control and responding to the accusations regarding lowering the bar of Artsakh's status, a statement he had made uh, in Parliament on April 13, Pashinyan stated that Armenian authorities had agreed to lower the bar on Artsakh's status when they accepted the Madrid principles. Then Pashinyan asked Rustamian to ask another question so he could respond. Now, this part is a little convoluted, but we're going to try well, and explain yeah, it. <laughs> protocol, uh, the MP has, to, has limited amount of time to ask a question, and then whoever is on the 
the podium. In this case, Pashinyan can respond. So it's this protocol. Right. So, so according to parliamentary protocol, and he said he would make a very important revelation. Rustamian noted that he would not have enough time, again, according to uh, the regulations of parliament, to prove that Pashinyan does not fully know or grasp the Nagorno-Karabakh negotiation process. After this announcement, some opposition MPs began chanting Nigol Trader. As the opposition MPs were leaving, Pashinyan announced that they were leaving because he was going to make this important revelation. He promised to still make it after the intermission. The MPs of the ruling faction began clapping as the opposition MPs were leaving. After the break, however, Pashinyan said he will postpone this announcement because he wants, uh, when he makes this announcement, he wants to be able to look in the eyes of the opposition and because they weren't there, he would not make the revelation. And in the meantime, thousands of protesters were outside the parliament building. Some attempted to cross police lines that had blocked the adjacent streets. This is Demirjian Street, but were prevented by the security forces. The situation was tense, but did not result in clashes between the police and the protesters. Eventually, the police opened Demirjian Street, and the protesters started their march. They passed several streets. They passed in front of the Army uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs. They raised the Arsakh flag and continued through the city and ended up back in, at uh, France Square. While these protests and acts of civil disobedience were taking place throughout the week, uh, the Human Rights Defenders Office had set up rapid response teams who were working in different police stations on a daily basis. To date, they registered violations of fundamental human rights by police officers, including accessing personal cell phones of these uh, detainees for the purposes of identification, cases of disproportionate physical force by the police, cases of apprehending persons after they had complied with the demands of police officers and cases of apprehending persons who were not even involved in the protests. And Andrani Kocharian, the chairman of the Standing Committee on Defense and Security, called on the law enforcement to pass, an information, uh, to pass on information regarding the detained persons to the defense ministry. According to Kocharian, many of those detained for participating in the protests were probably people who evaded the three-month reserve training and the mandatory conscription, and they should be sent to defend Artsakh and Armenia's borders. Human rights activists have condemned Kocharian's call. And Deputy Police Chief Artur Mardirosian said during yesterday's extraordinary session of the Standing Committee on Defense and Security that many of the detainees have been identified and their information will indeed be passed on to the Defense Ministry. Well, you know, Maria, we're not far from the protest and um, I, I, I go down to take photos and just like to check the situation. And a lot of people were telling me, I was just reading the Kocharian thing uh, uh, announcement, Andrani uh, Kocharian announcement, and a lot of people let ask me not to uh, take their photos. This happens a lot during protests. Mm-hmm. People don't like their photos taken sometimes. But uh, many were saying, don't take because Roziski Takem. I'm, I'm wanted. Mm. <laughs> it was very weird. I just like a weird connection to what happened. Well, just as a reminder uh, for context, Artur Vanetian, the leader of the Fatherland Party and head of the opposition I Have Honor Alliance, launched a sit-in on April 17, calling the, for the resignation of Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan after Pashinyan announced in Parliament, this was in April 13, that on April 13, that the foreign ministers of Armenia and Azerbaijan were preparing negotiations for a pending peace treaty. Pashinyan also had said at the time that the international community unequivocally 
officially recognizes the territorial integrity of Azerbaijan, expects Armenia to recognize it, and expects that the Azerbaijanis who left Karabakh should be fully involved in deciding the future of Nagorno-Karabakh and its governance. Pashinyan went on to say that the international community says that Armenia is the only country in the world that does not recognize the territorial integrity of Turkey's ally Azerbaijan, and this is a grave danger not only for Artsakh but also for Armenia. Additionally, the uh, Prime Minister had said at the time that the international community has asked Armenia to lower the benchmark on the status of Nagorno-Karabakh a little to ensure greater international consolidation around Armenia and Artsakh. And on April 25, the opposition Armenia Alliance joined Vanetian and launched a series of protests that, well, culminated in a large rally on May 1st and has been ongoing ever since. Yesterday, Armenia's first president, Levanter Bedrosian, weighed in on the protests, announcing that the current crisis is weakening Armenia's position in the upcoming negotiations with Azerbaijan. Thus, it is unclear what the aims of the opposition are. According to the first president, the solution of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, which Armenia will be forced to accept regardless of who the leader of the country is, will be even more painful for the Armenian side if domestic tensions don't uh, stop. He called on former presidents Robert Kocharyan and Serge Sarkisian to sit down with Nikol Pashinyan and try to find the best solution for the settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. Also yesterday, Dmitry Peskov, the Speaker of Kremlin, announced that the current events taking place in Armenia are the country's domestic affairs, adding that Russia is interested in the rapid settlement of the issue so that negotiations between Armenia and Azerbaijan can move forward. On May 3, the special envoys for for the Armenian-Turkish dialogue process, Ruben Rubinian uh, of Armenia and Sirdar Kilic of Turkey met in Vienna. This is their third meeting. According to Armenia's foreign ministry, the special representatives reaffirmed the declared goal of achieving full normalization between their respective countries through this process and had a sincere and productive exchange of concrete views and discussed possible steps that can be undertaken for tangible progress. Uh, in this regard, they reiterated their agreement to continue the process without preconditions. And on the eve of the meeting, Turkey's uh, Foreign Minister Mevlut Çavuşoğlu told reporters that several issues will be discussed during the meeting, which will be followed by concrete steps, adding that this is also an agreement between the sides to redefine the Armenian-Turkish border. Well, in response to Çavuşoğlu's statement regarding the redemarcation of the Armenian-Turkish border, because everybody started talking about this as well, uh, Foreign Ministry spokesperson Vahan Hunanyan stated that there is no discussion or agreement on redemarcation of any such kind, adding that there is no such issue on the agenda of Armenian-Turkish talks. On the day of the meeting between Rubinian and Kilic, head of the Foreign Affairs Committee, uh, the Standing Committee on Foreign Affairs in Parliament, sorry, Edward Arajanian, said that the demarcation had been hinted by the Turkish side during meetings of the envoys, which the Armenian side strongly opposed. Arajanian noted that the Turkish-Armenian border was demarcated during the Soviet uh, era and there is no need to revisit the issue. And speaking of normalization of Armenian-Turkish relations, uh, yesterday Turkish aviation authorities refused to give Fly One Armenia airline permission to fly over Turkey's airspace to Europe. As a result, the airline has to temporarily cancel flights to Lyon and Paris. This will not affect Yerevan Istanbul flights, which will take place as scheduled. But uh, but they do fly over Turkish airspace, right? Yeah. Okay. They fly to Turkey. <laughs> 
On May 2, Armenia's Security Council Secretary Armen Grigorian met with Hikmet Hajiev, uh, who is the assistant to Azerbaijani President Ilham Aliyev, and EU Special Representative to the South Caucasus, Toivo Klar, for the second time in Brussels. Grigorian also met Hajiev and Klar back on uh, March 30. The meeting was facilitated by Klar to discuss issues on the Armenian-Azerbaijani agenda. Before the meeting, Hajiev had announced that the main expectation Azerbaijan has from Armenia is the recognition of its territorial integrity and sovereignty. In response, Armen Grigorian declared that Armenia has nothing against recognizing Azerbaijan's territorial integrity, adding that in order for Armenia to do so, however, Baku must clarify which areas it considers part of its territory so Armenian officials can study the issue and form an opinion. Before the meeting in Brussels, Grigorian had also stated that if the talks with Hajiev go well, a meeting between Armenia's Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan and Azerbaijan's President Ilham Aliyev might be organized. Commenting on the negotiations on the peace treaty between Armenia and Azerbaijan, Grigorian noted that signing a peace treaty with Azerbaijan means finding a solution for the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, which Armenia sees in the framework of ensuring security and protection of rights for the Armenians of Artsakh. According to Grigorian, security guarantees will be ensured. However, at this stage, it is not clear what those guarantees will be. They will be discussed during the upcoming negotiations, and if the Armenian side feels that there is a solution to which proper security guarantees are provided for the people of Artsakh, they will agree to it. Grigorian also stated that Yerevan and Baku are continuing intensive negotiations on setting up a joint demarcation and border security commission adding that the parties have not yet found final answers regarding the working group and several other issues. As a reminder, after a meeting in Brussels between the Armenian-Azerbaijani leaders and President of the European Council, Charles Michel, it was agreed that Armenian-Azerbaijan would set up this joint commission by the end of April to start the demarcation and delimitation process and monitor border incidents. This week, Armenian Foreign Minister Art Mirzoyan was in the United States for an official visit where he met with Secretary of State Antony Blinken, under Under Secretary of State for Political Affairs Victoria Nuland, and the head of USAID Samantha Power, among other officials. During the meeting, which launched the U.S.-Armenia Strategic Dialogue, Mirzoyan and Blinken discussed topics on the agenda of Armenia-U.S. relations, regional security, Armenian-Azerbaijani relations, and the talks on a peace agreement, as well as Armenian-Turkish relations. The sides also signed a nuclear cooperation memorandum of understanding, paving the way for increased cooperation on civilian nuclear matters. Mirzoyan also stressed the importance of the U.S. mediating efforts aimed at the peaceful settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. Secretary Blinken thanked the foreign minister for the flexibility Armenia has shown and encouraged further direct talks between Armenia and Azerbaijan, underscoring the U.S. commitment to help Armenia and Azerbaijan find sustainable peace and prosperity. Both sides underscored the U.S.'s mediating role as Armenia's partner as well as an OSCE co-chairing country. Mirzoyan briefed uh, Blinken on Azerbaijani actions aimed at creating a humanitarian crisis in Artsakh and subjecting Nagorno-Karabakh to full ethnic cleansing, the need for repatriation of uh, Armenian prisoners of war and other hostages, and preserving Armenian cultural and religious heritage in the territories now under the control of Azerbaijan were emphasized by the Armenian side. During the meeting, reference was also made to the implementation 
implementation of the agreements on the establishment of this commission on border demarcation and security between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Mirzan also briefed the U.S. State Secretary on the developments in the process of normalization of relations between Armenia and Turkey, stressing the readiness of the Armenian side to establish diplomatic relations with Turkey and open the borders. Blinken noted that the U.S. fully supports the normalization of relations and welcomes Armenia's constructive efforts in that process. While in the U.S., Mirzan also participated in a roundtable discussion at the Atlantic Council as a keynote speaker, where he presented the situation um, around the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, Armenian-Azerbaijani and Armenian-Turkish negotiations, and the role of the OSCE Minsk Group uh, in these processes, the need to address ongoing humanitarian issues resulting from the 44-day war uh, was also presented. Also this week, Defense Minister Suren Babikian and Secretary of the Security Council Armen Grigorian were in Georgia for official visits. Papikian met with his Georgian counterpart as well as uh, Prime Minister Irakli Garibrashvili. During the meetings with Georgian officials, a number of issues related to regional security were discussed, and Papikian presented the steps taken by Armenia to establish peace in the region and stressed the role of Georgia in these processes. The Armenian and Georgian defense ministers also discussed prospects for the development of bilateral cooperation in defense, military education, exchange of experience, human rights, social security, and other issues. At the end of the meeting, the 2022 Armenian-Georgian military cooperation program was signed between the two defense ministers. Grigorian also met uh, Georgia's Prime Minister, Garibashvili, as well as his Georgian counterpart. Um, they discussed several issues related to regional security and the situation in Artsakh and Grigorian presented Armenia's vision for solving security problems in the South Caucasus and maintaining stability in the region in general. Grigorian presented the process of uh, normalization of Armenian-Turkish relations to the Georgian officials. The prospects of Georgian mediation and regional economic and humanitarian issues were also discussed. The parties um, focused on the situation around Ukraine and its impact on our region in which where they shared their experience in risk management. And uh, just prior to the visit of the Armenia's high-ranking officials to Tbilisi, Georgia's foreign minister Ilya Darchialshvili visited Yerevan last weekend. He was received by Foreign Minister Art Mirzoyan as well as uh, Prime Minister Nigol Pashinyan. Mirzoyan and Darchialshvili discussed joint efforts to increase bilateral trade and sustainable development of the region. In this context, the importance of cooperation between Armenia and Georgia in creating this what's called the Persian Gulf Black Sea International Transport transit route was um, also uh, emphasized. And as expected during the meeting, issues of regional security and stability were discussed. Mirzoyan briefed his Georgian counterpart on the situation around the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict, as well as Armenia's position on the processes aimed at establishing regional peace and security and the negotiations on a comprehensive peace agreement with Azerbaijan. He also stressed the importance of the mediation efforts of the OSCE Minsk Group co-chairmanship in advancing the peace processes aimed at the comprehensive settlement of the Nagorno-Karabakh conflict. Well, Prime Minister Pashinyan also met with the Georgian foreign minister, and he made several comments, and in particular noted that, um, you know, the relations between the two countries are developing dynamically um, and in a positive atmosphere, which is a good basis for further expansion of cooperation. Pashinyan also noted that today, when the regional situation is 
very tense, strong Armenia-Georgia partnership is an important factor for peace and stability. Last week, several Azerbaijani news agencies wrote that the celebrations of Easter were held in Hadrut, which is now under Azerbaijani control, by the Christian Albanian Udi community of Azerbaijan. And they also published photos of St. Harutun Church, which showed that the cross had been removed from the church and the Armenian inscriptions above the main door had been erased. On April 30, Armenia's uh, Foreign Affairs Ministry spokesperson, Vahe Hunanyan, issued a statement condemning the acts of vandalism and the desecration of the church. According to Hunanyan, the pre-planned actions carried out by Azerbaijani authorities aimed at destroying and desecrating the identity of Armenian religious, historical, and cultural monuments in the territories under the control of the Azerbaijani armed forces are another manifestation of Azerbaijan's ethnic and religious intolerance and the continuation of the policy of depopulating Artsakh of Armenians. He also stated that the atrocities against Armenian churches and other cultural and religious monuments in Artsakh grossly violate the norms of international law, including the decision on application of provisional measures issued by the UN's International Court of Justice on December 7, 2021, adding that this incident reaffirms the claims of the Armenian side on the urgent need for the visit of UNESCO uh, assessment mission to Nagorno-Karabakh. And on May 1, Armenia's defense ministry again denied accusations from Baku that Armenian armed forces opened fire with large-caliber firearms at Azerbaijan military positions located in the eastern part of the Armenian-Azerbaijani border. According to the ministry, the situation on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border is relatively stable and is under the full control of the Armenian armed forces. Yesterday, former Defense Minister David Donoyan, who is um, actually in pretrial detention for embe- on embezzlement charges, uh, told uh, News AM that he is taking steps to appeal to the European Court of Human Rights as no court hearings have been held for two months because the authorities are, this is according to Donoyan, are afraid that deeper investigation of the charges against him will prove that they are indeed unfounded. Donoyan also reconfirmed claims that on the fourth day of the 2020 Artsakh War, Onik Kasparian, who was uh, the chief of the general staff of the armed forces at the time, announced that the war would have to be stopped uh, within the next two to three days, adding that Kasparian had coordinated this announcement with him. In other news, uh, Mississippi became the last U.S. state to recognize the Armenian genocide. This means that the Armenian genocide has been recognized by all 50 U.S. states, both, both houses of the U.S. Congress and the U.S. President. Yesterday, the U.S. Department of Justice announced that uh, the American government is seeking to confiscate a mega mansion, I like this word, a mega mansion in Los Angeles, alleging that this mansion was purchased by the family of former finance minister and chair of the state revenue committee, Gagi Khachadurian, through bribes which he received from businessman Setrak Arustamian. It is alleged that Arustamian paid Khachadurian and his family more than 20 million U.S. dollars in bribes in exchange for favorable tax treatment of his businesses. The Holmby Hills uh, property in L.A. was purchased by the Khachadurian family for $14.4 million and had been recently listed for sale for $63.5 million, Rubina, in case you wanted to buy it. Uh, not this year. 
Well, uh, Gali Khachadrian and his sons are charged with receiving bribes. It is estimated that the bribes they received and the financial damages caused to the state amount to $41 million. Criminal charges are also pending against Arustamian for paying the bribes. Well, speaking of properties, during yesterday's cabinet meeting, the government approved uh, the draft law on making amendments to the law on confiscation of property of illegal origin, which entails increasing the effectiveness of investigations into the case cases of illegally acquired property by changing the notion of what's considered official to also include those persons who at the beginning of the investigation were obliged to submit a declaration of property. Whoever's a state official and elected official in Armenia, just for our listeners, they have to um, fill out a form and and how much money they have, what valuables they right. have, real estate, cars, and everything. Well, the draft also envisages extension of the investigation period, also extending this period for those cases that started before the law came into force. And uh, in an article published this week uh, detailing the measurements of the incursions of the Azerbaijani armed forces into Armenia's territory near Vartanis in the region of Gerarkunik, Hetk AM writes that Azerbaijani forces occupied 3,200 acres, that is 32 kilometers squares of territory in that area, which according to them equals to 4,482 football fields. According to the article, Azerbaijani armed forces also took control of the highest point in that area, that is Tsarasar mountain, from where they have a direct view over Vartanis and surrounding villages, as well as Lake Sevan, and can easily hit those regions with artillery. To conduct their research, had used images from Google Earth and Google Maps taken in October of last year. And again, just for context, a little bit of background, um, on May 12th, to 14, uh, 2021, Azerbaijani armed forces advanced into Armenia's sovereign territory near the regions of Sunik and Kerarkunik. Following the Azerbaijani incursion, Pashinyan called for mutual withdrawal of Armenian Azerbaijani forces from the area and the deployment of Russian or international peacekeepers who would monitor the demarcation and delimitation processes. After Azerbaijani armed forces launched an offensive against Sunik in November, so several months later uh, of last year, Pashinyan announced that uh, Azerbaijan had occupied uh, 41 uh, square kilometers of Armenian territory in total. And this week, Armenia's Ministry of Health announced that the COVID situation in Armenia is stable. There have been days when no new COVID infections were registered, and the ministry will start issuing weekly instead of daily updates about new infections. As of May 2, there were only six, uh, there were only, excuse me, 566 people undergoing treatment for COVID. The vaccination rollout also continues. As of May 1, over 1.1 million people have received the first dose of the vaccine and over 960,000 people are fully vaccinated. And that's the kind of week it's been here in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a good weekend and we will be back again next week.